Hey, hey, and welcome to another Podcast Valley Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Chris Paco. And I'm your other host, Jeff Cameron. How's it going, Jeff? Super good. How about you, Paco? Doing good. Doing pretty good. We're, uh, this week we've got, we've got a, I gotta say it's a bit of a different episode. <laughs> Not super different, but odd different. <laughs> it's weird. It's uh, episode 43, A Coffin Too Frequent. Mm-hmm. Directed by David Winters, written by Stella Linden, and originally aired on November 20th, 1967. Like, I thought like, maybe A Coffin Too Often was a title of something from around this time, and that's why they went with that. But that doesn't seem to be the case. I think they just wanted to be uh, less obvious with their puns in the titles, maybe. I don't know. But Coffin Too Frequent, it is. Yeah. Interesting. Already interesting. <laughs> So we open up, the boys are all getting ready for bed, and Peter hits a huge gong that's on the door for bedtime, I guess. They're on their PJs, and Peter's in his classic orange PJs with the blue bunny on it. That's like going back to the Haunted Mansion episode in in season one. I think we talked about before. I think it's one of the Three Stooges is pajamas. Yeah, yeah. So I guess they had to keep that going. So they hop into their beds, then they realize they're all in the wrong beds. And they all do like a quick change of beds. It, it's cool to see all the stuff in their room. Oh, for and sure. And how like they each have their own single little bed. Like <laughs> Davy and Peter are beside each other and Mike and Mickey are against the back wall. It must have gotten weird when someone brought a bird home though. Uh, yeah. It's either one of us, all of us or none of us kind of thing. Not three of us and not one of us, Peter. Oh, shit, dude. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I think Peter would rather like read poetry and sing songs to a girl than take her up and shag her next to his two Pete, buddies. Pete, you're sleeping on the beach. Yeah, yeah. Curling up with Mr. Schneider. Oh, man. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't weird at all. It was the 60s. It was just like <laughs> Peter, Peter hits the gong and you switch beds again. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe these are all Blu-ray extras. I don't know. Maybe. So uh, suddenly they hear like evil laughter coming from the living room. <laughs> well, at least we know whether he has a sense of humor. Peter says, the only person that could be down there at this time of night is a burglar. And they all start to go to sleep and then they freak out because there's a burglar there. And uh, so meanwhile, in the living room, there's this creepy dude whose name is Henry. His, his real name is George Firth. <laughs> you recognize this asshole? I did and I didn't. He is uh, Ronnie from One Man Shy, the Peter episode where he's trying to get the bird and steals the portrait and stuff, and their asshole boyfriend is always (laughs) fucking with him. Yeah, yeah. Physical challenges and stuff. That's the guy. Man, he's changed. He apparently aged like 20 years because he's (laughs) supposed to be a teenager back in season one or some shit, or at least the, the guy is like Peter's age. And yeah. he's some weird old evil that uh, uh, borrowed the goatee from Spock kind of dude. I don't know, man. Yeah, he's a, he's he's an interesting cat to go with every other interesting cat we have going on. <laughs> so they see this guy, and uh, he has a bunch of candles lit, and he's in a big red chair, and he's talking to Elmer, who's supposed to be there in spirit. Like he's he's in the room by himself essentially, mm-hmm. and like he did a lot of work to like put. Like lighting those candles and stuff. Yeah, like you like just quietly set up this whole thing and, and then started c- just cackling away after you had a seat, I guess. And he rolled the coffin in. Like, 
how much noise was going on upstairs? <laughs> lock the doors. <laughs> if you don't want a guy rolling a coffin into your house, lock the doors. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Guess this is pre-Manson, so everybody still had their doors unlocked in Southern California. Oh, man. So uh, he says Elmer is going to make him rich and famous as the boys sneak up on him. But then Peter sneezes and Henry asks what they're doing there. It's almost midnight, he says. And uh, he tells them that they have three minutes to get out of there. And the boys run upstairs and they start packing a bunch of stuff and get dressed. And they throw their bags over their railing. And one of them, when they throw it out there, it just hangs in midair for a second and then plummets cartoon style. <laughs> and uh, Mike starts to protest everything. And he tells them that this is their house. And Henry says that they agreed to be out of the house by midnight. It says so in the lease. And Mike asks where. It's in the small print. <laughs> and Peter reads the lease and he says he's right. And Davy says, I didn't know you could read. I've been able to read since I was 15 years old. <laughs> oh, dude. So uh, as the boys are leaving, this old lady shows up. Her name is Ruth Buzzy or Busey, I guess. It's Ruth Buzzy, yes. Yeah. So her name is uh, Mrs. Weatherspoon. And she says uh, they can't leave. They need to be witnesses. Witnesses to what? Elma's return from the dead. <laughs> and then the intro happens. Boom. We come back with like a creepy organ version of the monkey's theme. Which is cool. I always like that in the second season. I think it sounds very cool. Yeah. Uh, so Mike asks the old lady to give Elmer their regards and they'll catch up with him next time around. And she says not to be disrespectful to those who have passed beyond. And Mickey says it's not the passing away, it's the coming back. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I gotta say, Mickey is dressed like every inmate in every movie ever. <laughs> he's got like the light blue denim shirt and the de he's, gonna, <laughs> he's gonna help Andy Dufresne collect rocks for his chess game later on. So Davy says that they're going to go out for sandwiches. And then she pulls a sandwich out of her purse and gives it to them so they don't have to go for sandwiches. And then Mickey says, well, he needs coffee. And then she pulls out like a cup of coffee and a saucer out of her purse. <laughs> and uh, then Mike says he needs to use a telephone. And she pulls one out of her purse as well. One of these old timey telephones. And Henry says that his Aunt Mildred wants to witness the return. And the boys say that it's against their laws to witness anything. <laughs> and they try to leave the pad. Uh, but then the film is played backwards and they come back into the pad and the door is knocked down by this huge dude, Boris, played by Mickey Morton. Mm -hmm. And he, he's pushing a coffin. OK, so he brings the coffin in. The coffin's not already there. Oh, I thought okay. the coffin was already there. So, that, OK, this is, this is an iconic big dude, by the way. Yes, he is. He really is. And uh, so Mike says that they'll be the best witnesses ever. And also, uh, Davey is like super tanned. And his hair's parted in the middle now. Yeah. So he's, he's not really, I don't think you see it like parted, parted that often. No, no. It looks, it looks really weird. <laughs> <laughs> not weird. It looks different. Like you notice it instantly. He has such a different shirt, look. I think that's a popular shirt amongst the boys. It's not, I think he wore, it's the Valerie shirt, I think. Oh, really? I, did, I didn't put that together. But it's a beaut. And uh, Luther Cram also wears this shirt. I think Peter is seen wearing this shirt once or twice. It's. Similar to the, uh, the the brown shirt with the white polka dots. It's a, a frequent grab out of the wardrobe for the boys. Yeah, I wonder where those shirts are now, or if they're still kicking around like <laughs> the Universal <laughs> lot or whatever. They got to be somewhere, man. They do. And then it cuts to like the witness stand, 
And mm-hmm. Mike has a sign on him that says witness and Mickey has a sign on him that says prosecutor. And he's dressing like the old school black robes and has the white wig on. Yeah. Another and, victory for team gavels folks. There it is. Yeah. More gavels. It's, it's shocking how many gavels are in the gavels monkeys. gavels all the way. So Davey's the defendant. He's got that sign. And he says uh, he was running away from the real murderer who's wearing a black robe and a white wig. And Mickey asks if he's in this room. And Davey said that it was him. And the camera goes to Peter, who's the judge. And he points to the, to the camera guy to point to Mickey. So that the camera moves to Mickey. <laughs> and he admits it. And he says that he was aided by Peter Tork, who says that the real brains were Mike. I never should have opened my mouth. Then back at the pad, Davey says that they'll witness things they haven't even seen. And Mike says, you tell him, Tiny. <laughs> you tell him, Tiny. <laughs> Weird. It's so loose. They are loose. Yes. This, this is an episode they've got to tread a lot of water in. Because <laughs> yeah. you're really just waiting for the, the coffin to open up the entire time. Like, <laughs> I feel like the script was like maybe two and a half pages long. <laughs> for real. They, yeah, it's a lot of filler talk and just wasting time. Yeah, well, you need to waste more time. Well, let's cut to a scene with us and we'll put prosecutor with the signs and everything. And that'll eat up about three minutes, right? <laughs> we'll ad-lib the whole thing. The camera guy won't even know what he's doing. <laughs> so anyway, everyone's around the coffin and Peter sneezes. And Davey says that Peter sneezes when he's nervous. And Mrs. Weatherspoon says that he has a cold and needs some tea. And she pulls him away and takes him upstairs. And then Henry tells Boris to get the bags. And Mickey asks if Elmer is planning on staying and is told that at midnight, Elmer will arrive, blow the trumpet, and leave. So then why the bags? I don't understand. Uh, Yeah. yeah. There's a couple dead ends in this storyline. So Mike asks, what about the trumpet? And he's told that Elmer was buried with the trumpet and he'll blow it to announce his arrival. So the boys try to escape, but Boris blocks the way because he's holding all these bags. And the question is, how'd the door get put back up? Because the door's the door's closed now, and Boris knocked it down when he came in. This is where we lose you, Paco. <laughs> yeah, this is the one thing. I already wrote a letter. Don't worry. And uh, so Henry tells him that uh, Boris won't be happy if they left, but he's also angry that they're there. So, like Henry was also angry the boys are there. So now he wants them to stay for some reason. It's it's so convoluted. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> So then the boys help Boris with the bags and one of them crushes Davy. <laughs> and he asks, Davy asks, what's in there? Boris's lunch. <laughs> so Peter's upstairs in bed and the old lady has given him like a thousand cups of tea. And she says that you have to force liquids in when you're sick. And he tells her that her cousin was sick and they forced him to drink about 10 gallons of tea. And she asked what happened. Well, the cold got better, but he drowned. <laughs> Oh I definitely God. thought that Mrs. Weatherspoon was going to be in on it somehow and mm. is trying to do something to Peter. Yeah. It just seemed like that was the route, but <laughs> nope. <laughs> this is just someone throwing together a B, B story here. Yeah. <laughs> Pete, Peter with some tea. <laughs> yeah. That'll fill up a couple minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, back downstairs, Mike, Henry, and Mickey are leaning against the coffin. And, and, and lo and behold, Mike is wearing the green hat. When we were told last episode was the last episode we see the green hat. And now I've also read this is the episode that's the last episode that's a green hat. 
I think there is a difference between the last episode shot and the last episode aired. And maybe that was the difference between the two. Maybe they're flipped that way. Maybe. But it could be. Whatever. There's the hat. We love it. We're going to miss it. But it made us look like idiots. We, we announced it to all of our listener that <laughs> w- w- <laughs> that last episode was the green hat and it pops up in this one. Yeah, I felt man, like a I, fool. I got like letters. A, like a damn fool. From the diehards <laughs> that were like, what about the hat? Yeah, you so idiots, it comes back you know. again in a coffin too frequent. But anyway, mm-hmm. so uh, so Mike says, so at 12 midnight, the coffin's going to open up and Crazy Elmer's going to pop out. And Henry says, really? 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 Oh, I mean, uh, that is correct. Yeah. He's a scientist and he's invented a pill to bring people back to life. And he puts the bottles of pills on the coffin. And, oh, uh, boy. Mickey says he doesn't believe it, but Mike says he does. Well, I do, and I also get it. You see, he gives us the pill, and we believe that Elmer came back from the dead. You also see pretty colors right. climbing up the wall. Well, I bet you it does a lot of things. And Henry again protests that he's a scientist, and Mickey says, a mad scientist? No, but I will be if he keeps making those remarks. <laughs> that's a pretty, I like, that's a funny joke. They called in Caruse to punch it up. Yes! <laughs> So Davy goes up to Boris and he asks what it's like to be so tall. And then Boris turns around and he doesn't even see Davy. And uh, when he gets his attention, Davy tells him that he used to have an act with a tall guy. And Davy would say, hi, hi. And the, other, and the tall guy would say, low, low. And for some reason, Boris, he can't speak. And it seems like an ongoing thing with Southern California henchmen. Like they can only <laughs> grunt. And uh, so Davy shows Boris the dance he would do. And they spin around and suddenly they're dressed in plaid jackets and have canes and those weird flat topped hats that barbershop quartets have. <laughs> and Davy starts singing T for two. And great Davy dance moves. He, you can see how effortless it is to him and how awesome it looks. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's distinctly Davy when he kicks in just, just like instinctually. And there he is. Davy Jones dancing. You can see a silhouette of that, and you'd be like, that's Davy Jones dancing. Exactly. There's there's nothing else like it. Yeah, 100%. So then Henry gets all pissed off, and he tells Davy that no one can control his cousin Boris but him. And then he tells Boris to stop dancing. And Davy starts to get all scrappy, and then Peter screams from upstairs, and Davy takes off. And essentially, Peter's screaming because his temperature's getting taken. Or something like it, it's the shortest scene. It's him just screaming and Weatherspoon putting the thermometer in his mouth. And then we're back downstairs again. And uh, but when we come back downstairs, Mickey's a lifeguard sitting in like the tower. And Mike, Mike is not a lifeguard or on the beach. He's got like a pith helmet kind of thing on yeah. and an orange jumpsuit. <laughs> so weird. Mike does not know how to dress for the beach. We've seen it. In, yeah, in that's the, true. In the, in the uh, pilot episode, we've seen it now. Mike has no idea what to do at the beach. Yeah, it's like, hey, Mike, we're going to the beach. It's like, well, wait, I got to get my helmet. <laughs> Fantastic. And so Davey, Boris, and Henry bang into Mike and Mickey, and they all crumble down on the floor. Peter's screaming for help. And he gets like a piece of plastic put over him. Not like to suffocate him, but just like a, like a little tent kind of thing. Like an oxygen, like an oxygen tent. Yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so downstairs, Mike and Mickey, now they're firemen and they're all wrestling each other. And Peter calls for help again. And then Mike and Mickey are dressed up like English cops, like Bobbies. 
and uh, then they direct the other guys up the stairs, almost like Keystone Cops or something like that. I don't know, man. So know, they, just the the prop truck rolled up, <sighs> and they were like, "Just grab, grab whatever, kids. Let's just see what you guys can come up with." It's like it's so it, bizarre and random. It's like the when out. the prop truck came up, it skidded and tipped over, and all the shit spilled out of it, and they just <laughs> grabbed stuff as fast as they could before someone could catch them. <laughs> but they had to use everything in this episode. <laughs> For real. So the old lady, she has Peter in some sort of homemade incubator and the boys get him out of it and put his and put him to bed in his own bed and his bed looks like a race car. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so Davy goes up to the old lady and he says that he wants to have a word with her, but Henry shows up and says that he forbids Davy from talking to her. And she tells Henry that it's okay. They're such nice boys and respond and respond well to treatment. I thought that was the part where she's telling him like they're going to use, they're like gonna like almost like a Gelfling thing. We're going to suck their essence out to bring <laughs> yes. Elmer back. Wow. That's right. I thought that's where this was going, but it wasn't. Way to, way to <laughs> slip a dark crystal reference into our monkeys podcast, there, Paco. I didn't think you could do it. I, I think I, I just lost a bet. I figured people were waiting for it. It's like a monkey's <laughs> podcast. There's obviously going to be some dark crystal references. Absolutely. <laughs> so Henry says that they're disbelievers and they're disbelieving may drive Elmer away. And then Davy calls him a crook and Henry calls on Boris to whoop some English ass. And then Davy switches gears. That's a direct quote. And uh, Davy switches <laughs> gears and uh, calls him a nice crook. And then he and Boris go through a bit of a chase and then Davy picks up a mirror and shows Boris his own face, and Boris doesn't like that. And Boris also looks like he's perpetually sucking on like a sour candy. Like his lips are like <laughs> squeezed together. I can't handle you badmouthing the Southern California henchmen. Like they they won the ABA championship back in seventy two. You you gotta stop. You gotta lay off these guys. They're they're the best. <laughs> Not yet they weren't. So then uh Davy turns the mirror on himself and he, he really digs it and gets into his own looks. And then Boris uses Davy's vanity as a distraction to strangle him. But then Mrs. Weatherspoon tells Boris to stop. And Henry's like sucking on a napkin or something. He's got this <laughs> like a napkin in his mouth. And he starts to whine that Mrs. Weatherspoon is always driving him away. And she calls Boris and then they all leave. And uh, Davy punches Boris in the stomach as he's leaving and he hurts his hand. <laughs> and then he tells uh, Mrs. Weatherspoon that Henry and Boris are mean. Then he gets down to it and he tells him about Elmer and the pill, essentially. <sighs> oh, my gosh. I feel like we all took pills before this episode. It's like, this is some, some heavy shit for a kid's show. I got to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Henry and Boris, they're listening on the other side of the door. Davy like ratting them out. And Henry asks Boris if everything is ready to go downstairs. Is everything prepared in the basement, Boris? Mm. Don't beat around the bush, yes or no? Mm. Good. Why didn't you say so the first time? <laughs> <laughs> so in the bedroom, Davy and Peter are with, uh, with his, Mrs. Weatherspoon. And Davy says, so if Elmer shows up tonight, you're going to donate all of your money to Henry's foundation, right? And she says yes. And she's knitting like this big, long green scarf or something. And then we see that Henry and Boris are still listening. And Davy says, it's the only way to protect Mrs. Witherspoon's interests. And so I'm assuming like there was a jump in time there or something. Like we went outside and came back in because all of a sudden he, he's, he's 
replying to the plan they have, but they don't want the audience to know the plan. So we just jump into Davy saying, oh, but it's, we have to do that. But it's very but, weird. <laughs> but by, by this point, I'm just waiting for a tune. Yeah. Yeah. It's 100%. And you know it's coming. You can feel there's, there's a romp in the air. When are they going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> so, so then Davy opens the door and Henry and Boris fall into the room and Mrs. Weatherspoon has some, she's not there anymore. Like they go, Mrs. Weatherspoon and she's gone. Mm. So downstairs, Mickey's creeping up on the coffin and Mrs. Weatherspoon hits him over the head with her umbrella and knocks him out. So we come back from commercial and the boys are sitting there with uh, Mrs. Weatherspoon. And they're saying that they want to help her, but she's got to stop hitting them with her umbrella. And she calls the boys angels, and Peter says they're not angels. And then we cut to the scene where it's Mickey, Davey, and Peter, no Mike. They're dressed up as angels, and they're jumping in slow motion on clouds. Uh-huh. Okay. When and, when and why did they shoot this? Exactly. Like, was it shot specifically for this part? And why w- was Mike just like... I'm not touching this. <laughs> like, you guys can go do know. that. Who writes that stuff? This is not the first thing Mike says no to in this. And we'll get to that in a minute. So we cut back to Mickey and he says, uh, That's a trip. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. So she calls them angels again and she kisses Mickey. He wipes it off and he says that she's a sweet old lady and he doesn't want to see her lose all her money. And Peter says that if they get in the way, Henry will sick Boris on them. And Mike says, forget Boris. He wants to see what's in that coffin. And Peter says he needs to get his bank book. Mike says, what do you need that for? And Peter says, for security. And then Mickey says, isn't that dumb? There we go. But I also don't understand the joke for security. I don't. No, no, I don't think we need to. And they just kind of, (laughs) isn't that dumb their way past it? Yeah, exactly. Onward. So Mike and Mickey are going to take on Boris, and Mike says that he thinks they should do a frontal attack. So Mickey pretends he's riding a motorcycle for some reason, and he runs into Boris to no effect, and he gets his head stuck to Boris's stomach somehow. <laughs> it's those curls. And uh, A lot of static electricity. In the <laughs> so Mike is pumping Mickey up for a fight, and then he's giving him tips, and he throws him to Boris. And Mickey grabs Boris's arm and twists it like three times. And then he gets spun around the other way and he shoots back at Mike. And Mike goes off to figure out something else. And Mrs. Witherspoon comes up to Mickey and asks if it's his head that hurts. And he says, yes. And she gets him to cover his eyes and stick out his foot. And then she stomps on it so Mickey can forget <laughs> about his headache because now his foot hurts. This is a pretty balanced episode in terms of the boys' participation in it. It's, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Flawed as this episode might be, all the all the boys are get to do some stuff and get some laughs. Yeah. And so so everyone's sitting around the coffin, and Henry says to all join hands, and they do so. I know why everybody joins hands at a seance. To make sure they have contact. No, because they're scared silly. And Henry tells them to be quiet because Elmer will be there soon. And he says they'll know when he's there because uh, things will start to shake and rattle. And Mike says it'll be his knees knocking. And suddenly things start to shake and rattle. And Henry says a trumpet will blow, and we hear a trumpet, like the ones you hear at the beginning of a horse race. You know something in B-flat? And Mrs. Witherspoon, okay, also, with Mrs. Witherspoon, she's just there to see, like, did she know Elmer? I assumed I it was her husband, but then he just says she's there to, 
to witness this happening. Yeah, they don't. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't don't care enough. <laughs> and every time we talk about it, I'm picturing Miss Weefers. Why was she not available for this? Why didn't they just get her? I don't know. So uh, she she says that it's it's Elmer, like the, like the trumpet is Elmer. And Mike asks how she knows it's him, and she says he's playing our song. <laughs> and Henry asks Elmer to say something, and uh, a familiar voice says, "Henry, you are a crook." <laughs> And uh, he calls him out on stealing Mrs. Witherspoon's money and going to South America. And Henry says, no. And the voice says, Europe? And he says, no. He says, Asia? He's like, no. Well, you should do something with the money. You're just going to send them on rock. (laughs) So Henry's all pissed off. And he says that Elmer was supposed to rise from the coffin. And the voice says that Henry cheated and he must pay. And Henry just confesses right away. And then uh, the voice tells him he needs to plead and beg. And so he does. Uh, suddenly the coffin opens up and Mickey pops out and Mike can't believe it. And it turns out he's holding hands with Mr. Schneider. Hey, where Boom, you been, big bud? comeback for Mr. Schneider. He winks at the camera <laughs> and Henry's all pissed and he tells Boris to seize them, which leads us to monkeys romp number only. I always say that, but there's only ever one now. I think at the Lately, beginning it was the, maybe two. Romp <laughs> one and then like a video one. Yeah, it's going down. And, which is a great romp song. It's, it's going down all right. Yeah. You, you know who's not down with this? Mr. Michael Nesmith, as he dips his way out right at the start of this romp. Did you notice that? <laughs> no, I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah. He, like, skips his way towards the door and leaves. It does not participate in the romping. Well, now, I'll, I can do the episode this time, but uh, is there going to be a romp in this one? That's where I think Mr. Nesmith here has a problem. I'm not doing the angel scene or the romp. All right, I'm going to be in my trailer getting high. See you, boys. There's Emmys for podcasts. That's the clip right there. The potties? The potties. Maybe not. We'll work on that one. The boys run around the coffin. Chaos ensues. Peter and Davey pull like clothes off a clothesline. And so does Henry, who then chases them. Mickey opens up a weird door that looks like it's on a submarine or something. Gonna pause real quick. We're in the monkey's laundry room. Oh. So, A, the monkeys have a laundry room. B, they were just going to that laundromat for the bird. Uh, yeah, true. So when Mickey opens up this door, to Henry is inside, and then Mickey takes off. Then we're back in the courtroom. Mrs. Witherspoon distracts Mickey, Mike, and Henry, and she stomps on all their feet. Uh, Mrs. W hits Henry with the gavel, another gavel, and he goes down, and then she hits Mike. Oh, so is Mike there for that? He's in the gavel scenes, because that was Oh, of course, that was the gavel. Yeah, okay. But in the room with the the coffin, that romp, he's like... Not there. He's hanging out with Elmer. So Davy and Mrs. W are dancing. Boris taps Davy on the shoulder, and then he dances with Mrs. W, and Davy pouts about it. Uh, Mrs. W, Henry, and Boris, they're in the boys' bedroom, and she's swinging on parallel rings? Like, those boys get crazy in there. They're got, like, the gymnasts are going to bring in, like, like the, uh, the parallel bars or something. And uh, she keeps kicking Henry in the stomach over and over, and she's having a great time doing it. <laughs> So the three guys are angels again, and now Henry's the fourth angel, 
and uh, the boys freak out. Peter's playing a harp. Mickey and Davy just bounce around. Boris climbs in the coffin and closes it up. It opens up and uh, turns off the lights, closes it again, it opens up, and Henry's there with the lights back on. Then Mrs. W hops out, Boris hops out, then Davy, Mickey, Peter hop out. No Mike. Good call. And then, uh, then they all get back in. And uh, then they use the big long green thing that Mrs. W was knitting to wrap up Boris and Henry, and then they close them in the coffin. And that's the end of the romp. So with this romp, it is a uh, pushes the story forward a bit because that's how they catch the bad guys. So we got that. Perfect. So uh, this, this version of Going Down had some like reverb on it that was missing from the initial version we heard. I think when Mickey. When it opened with going down like a week or two ago. Yeah. And uh, it's just him singing it. I think it's kind of a dry sound, but this one has like a, a, a reverb sound on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, definitely this was the uh, like the recorded version instead of that live version we heard last time with Mickey at the beginning of the show. Yeah. So Mrs. W thanks the boys for helping her and then she splits. The red phone rings and Davey answers it and tells Mickey it's the Boy Scouts and they want to give him an officer's commission. As he passes the phone down, Mike says that Mickey really did a great at playing the trumpet. And uh, Peter says that Mickey should play horns in the group. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're a band. <laughs> Remember that? They're a band. <laughs> and uh, Mickey grabs the phone, he says, but he doesn't play the horn. And then the trumpet is heard, and the coffin is opening up with an arm holding a trumpet. And the boys say, the coffin. And then they all start coughing. And uh, <laughs> I really thought it was going to be Mr. Schneider pulling one over on him come on I thought it was gonna so, open anyway, up. So, <laughs> so does this mean like mickey removed the body earlier before he hopped in the coffin or he was on top of the body like mm. that's a good that's a good question maybe that's what mike put, was put doing. it back later to be scared by it later when it starts this horn thing let's ah, have another song please yeah it, yeah yeah i don't what a nightmare then now we have daydream believer and I'll have to check it out. Maybe we'll talk about it next episode or next time Daydream Believer comes up because I think it comes up a bunch. Uh, it kind of does what I'm a believer did last time and like it's on the show a bunch. It also does pretty okay on the charts. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's why they're also pushing going down so much. Like two episodes in a row, we've had some going downs. It's pretty, I think they're just proud of that. And I think they want to just show off Mickey Dolan's. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that with that. Probably, yeah. That's a good. That's a good call. Okay, so this episode, the, the, the Daydream Believers, it's the cool performance version of it in mm-hmm. like the Rainbow Room. It's great. Like that's like a classic shot of those dudes, like Mike with those sunglasses on. It's and, iconic. Yeah, he's got that sweet suit. Like <laughs> Mickey's hair's in full effect. It, Peter's looking awesome. Davey obviously runs that show. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, you know, you can only say so much about Daydream Believer for God's sakes. Cause... And Mickey's trying to just sort of steal the show a little <laughs> with the, the tambourine stuff. And, 100%. Like a born ham. You can't, if there's a camera pointed at him, he's, he's going off all the time. <laughs> so for this uh, episode, overall thoughts, boys tread water. Like, the story of it is so loose and so slight that mm-hmm. it's uh yeah it, this is the first monkeys episode i feel chronologically anyways they're shown that is 
kind of just bonkers, bonkers. Like they've had other ones that are like, oh, this is nuts. But this one, costume changes every scene. <laughs> so much weirdness. Jokes that are like, what? So it's yeah. it, I like it for that reason. That it's like, oh, wow, this is the first like off the rails episode where the boys, you can kind of see they're getting to be like, okay. I th- yeah. Maybe because they were a band band for real now, putting out records and having hits and touring and shit, coming mm-hmm. back and doing the show was just like, oh, man, I'd rather be making records than doing or this. on tour, yeah. This is like the second half of shooting season two, and they were just on the road. Yeah. And yeah, they cut the, like two records in the last six months or whatever. And it's like, oh, yeah, we got this goofy show to do. Yeah. And just yeah, they barely out. mentioned that they're in a band. I don't think anybody touches an instrument ex- uh, except the horn, I guess. Does that count? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't even <laughs> touch it. One good thing, Mr. Schneider appearance. That was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, another interesting thing no guns. Wow, Paco. There were no guns. I think the monkeys are like, no guns in our house. You cannot bring guns in our house. And they didn't leave the house. There's a goon. There's a goon. No guns. Yeah. Sometimes there's a goon with a gun. Sometimes there's goons, no guns. Sometimes there's guns, no goons. Today, goon, no gun. Yeah. And you think Boris, I guess he's just so big, he didn't need a weapon. And Henry was just conniving weasel, so he didn't have weapons because he had Boris. For real. But I wouldn't have been surprised if Mrs. Witherspoon pulled out a gun at some point just to shoot something because she's ridiculous. She should have had a purse with a little wine tap on it because she should have been Mrs. Weefers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, highlight of the show. I'm not sure, <laughs> to be honest. Because there's, there's funny jokes, but nothing that really yeah, Nothing really it. stands out. It's yeah. just... Uh, and they're just hanging around the, the pad, and yet they're at they're at the pad the whole time. Yeah, they never leave it. It's a so yeah. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I don't know what to say for that. Um, <laughs> was there a monkey's ruse? Not really. They, they didn't need to. No, they they they're like the heroes of this episode. They're just trying to make sure she didn't get ripped off. Yeah, I suppose. Fourth wall break. Yep, there was some good fourth wall breaks. Best musical moment. I like going down in the, uh, just also because Daydream Believer's coming back again so many times. Yeah, yeah. Going mm, down for, sure. for the romp was great. But, uh, oh, but the uh, post-credit under theme, the, the spooky organ. Yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah, okay, yeah. That was good. I'm really glad they're sticking with that. It mm-hmm. Makes it a lot Mixes of fun. It up. Yeah, it's fun. And it gives you an idea of what the episode's going to be like. Yeah, it sets a tone. Yeah, if it's done with banjos, you know they're lost in the country. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Yeah. Classic monkeys moment. Uh, isn't that dumb? People no. banging into each other and falling down. <laughs> Gavels. It's the whole courtroom thing is kind of a monkey's trope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what wouldn't fly in 2021? Seems pretty basic. I don't think there's anything bad in this episode. <laughs> Rolling the coffin into your apartment still happens on a daily yeah. basis. Still hilarious. All right, so uh, we're in the did you knows now, and yeah, you can take it away with your did you knows. And if I have anything other else, I'll I'll throw it in. Well, Ruth Buzzy, who is Miss Weatherspoon, um, 
she's kind of a iconic comedy lady over the years. She was in Laughing. She was on The Muppet Show. Uh, she was on Sesame Street when they expanded to Around the Corner. And her old lady character was kind of a, a thing already. And we get to see it here when she's like 30-ish. It makes yeah. a pretty convincing old broad. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. So it's pretty cool. And also she was on You Can't Do That on Television. She's also in uh, the Weird Al Gump video. She plays the old lady sitting on the bench with him. Oh, for real? Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, she has um, 121 credits to her name. Huh. And uh, just looking at her thing now, she was in a Sabrina the Teenage Witch episode. And the episode's from 1998, and it's called Goodwill Haunting. <laughs> Oh, boy. Always with the spooky shit. <laughs> yeah, for real. George Firth, he played Henry. He uh, he has 96 credits to his acting career. Ooh. And he was, he was in a lot of stuff. Like, he was in L.A. Law, Murder, She Wrote, Murphy Brown. All that kind of, those kind of roles, I guess. But it was cool that he came back. Maybe Monty Landis wasn't available, so they just went down the list. And he got another... <laughs> Previously employed asshole. Played such a different character, like so much louder and so much in your face that I, I, if you wouldn't have told me and if I didn't look it up, I would have had no idea that that was the same guy at all. <laughs> well, it's, it's him. You like can't new... be serious. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I recognize him and I knew it. I knew it. It had to be that guy. Yeah. So I had to look it up. It's just because I didn't see it mentioned anywhere either, but. I just I had a feeling that was that guy. Like it was unmistakable. Boris is played by Mickey Morton. Um, he has 70 credits to his name. Mm. And the last thing he was on was actually Growing Pains in uh, oh, the real? 80s. Yeah. So he was in a, the original Star Trek series. But I feel his biggest claim to fame is he played Mala in the Star Wars Christmas Holiday Special. No shit. Yeah. And one of the things that people hate the most, <laughs> he was in that playing, uh, I believe, a Wookiee named Mala. So Mickey wow. Morton. Mickey Mala Morton. Important <laughs> stuff. Yeah. 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 And uh, so, yeah. And uh, one more did you know to add that I found on the internet was uh, it's the last episode with the green hat supposedly the very last one yeah well sure yeah, we'll believe been, that once we're at the end of this and we'll yeah. see if there's any more hats like, there's gonna be a hat in a song or two but maybe they just mean like in like new shot episodes yeah i, I think that's what they we'll mean see. but we've read that before so yeah nice excuse try. me if my faith is a little wishy-washy <laughs> <laughs> oh hey what's that i hear Everybody's second favorite half of the show. <laughs> the wool hat of mystery with the random out of countdown. Mm-hmm. All right. So here we go. I'm going to go first this week. Yeah. And one thing I will we'll tell our listeners, I think I've mentioned this before, but like there really is a green wool hat. We pull these things out of. It's a fact. Even though no one can see it or anything. I, I make sure I'm pulling this out of a green hat. All right. So here it is. Let's see what we got here. Mm-hmm. Good, clean, fun. 
with this song with that banjo going on peter yeah, yeah. heard it and was like now now you do the banjo <laughs> <laughs> and another thing when you hear the song stuff it's got like that country basic boom 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 <laughs> i was like oh see this is where like the the monkeys present slash changes era bass doesn't get to shine but then as the song goes on that bass shines brighter than anything Oh yeah, it's like flying, man. It's a wicked bass line. Amazing. Every instrument is cooking. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's it. when you first when it first starts off, you're like oh, okay, a little Mike Nesmith countryfied, rocky kind of thing, whatever. But then that the chorus is awesome. The melody of the chorus, it, it's sweeping oh, yeah. and fantastic, and all the instruments are great. And yeah, no, it's a it's a sneaky one. So what I gotta admit, when I pulled it, I was like, ooh, good, clean, fun. And then when I heard it, I was like, "Oh wait, no! I don't know why I connected bad vibes with this one." But and uh, and don't forget, Paco, this song opened the show, and uh, when we saw the Mike and Mickey show in Toronto, that's true. That's true. And Mike said, "I told you I'd come back, and here I am." His first time back since like the '60s. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, and the crowd went crazy. I remember at that point, that was my first tear up moment. I was like, "How am I going to get through this show?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that moment alone probably earns it a few spots on the countdown. Yeah, I was while we were listening to it, I was uh looking at the countdown, like where it can fit in, and it feels like it's like a high a pretty high one, I'd say. Just how high, Paco? Well, from what I'm looking at here. This is a countdown that needs a little touch it up considering uh, we have gonna buy me a dog five spots up <laughs> higher than words. <laughs> Every time I see that, it's like uh, ice cream on a on a cavity. It's like, dude, <laughs> Jesus. There was just that the one weekend where we, we shot that episode. I think we just loved going to buy me a dog more than we ever had for some reason. I also think it was one that snuck in high and just ev- other things were looking at other ones and kept putting stuff below mm. it, below it, below it. And then all of a sudden yeah. you look up and you're like, wait a second. Yeah, <laughs> what are real. you doing here? So anyway, good, clean, fun. Above or below... Gonna buy me a dog. Where is gonna buy me a dog? <laughs> 46, right behind it, Ryu Shiu. Okay, okay. That's the area I was looking in. But I was gonna say maybe right after midnight and before Cripple Creek at number 54. All right, let's pop it in there. Good, clean, fun is our new number 54. Here on the Random Attic Countdown, the Podcast Valley Sunday. Pass that hat over here, Paco. Let's see what I got here today. And wouldn't you know it, it's no time, no time at all. Time by the Monkees, kind of a rock and blues jam that they came up with together and they credited to their engineer, Hank Sisalo. It's just kind of a tip for, for uh, doing the job. And uh, he used his royalties to buy a house. Wow, good for him. Very smart. 
<laughs> for real. Man, if he still has that house, I bet you it's millions of dollars. It's good but to I, have a house. It keeps the keeps the wind off you. <laughs> One thing with this song, man, you can hear them like having a great time. That's with any headquarters song, you can feel the awesome vibes coming from it. Yes. But that one especially, I, I would have loved to have just been there. Like they're singing the backups, they're playing everything, they're they're out there being a real band For coming real. from TV, and it's just it's yeah a fun listen like, every time. Like think back to that first year or so of being actually good at playing music. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a fun feeling. Yeah, yeah, when you can actually play with people and get through a song, and it and it sounds like yeah, like you're saying, it sounds like real music. Music is its own reward, folks. True Make that. no mistake. If you get a chance to pick up an instrument, pick it up. It's a good time. But back to but, No Time yeah. by the Monkees. Like a lot of references, like there's a little bit of Bill Cosby here, a little bit of Andy Warhol there. Mm-hmm. And uh, another mind, furthermore, the plea of self-defense, which comes up in, uh, well, what's it? Zilch, Zilch. also from this yeah. album. But it's also a line from the musical Oklahoma. Oh, there you go. I don't think I knew yeah. that. So facts are plenty here, but with no time from, <laughs> yes, as mentioned, uh, headquarters, kind of a big deal. Yeah, definitely. So where do you think uh, this would fit on the... Uh... Oh, you know what? I'm going to put it right above going to buy me a dog, where I thought we were going to put the other one. Our new number 46 is No Time by the Monkees. Yeah, it's a good spot. You really hear Davey on those backups, though. Definitely. I was going to say that. that. I really love when you can hear their backups. Yeah. I love stuff like that when you can pick them out and also like the studio chatter, which you can hear some there. Yeah. And like in between the singing, you hear like a little muttering and stuff. It's yeah. just studio fun, <laughs> especially for the monkeys. It's just part of the, the whole fun, part of the experience. 100%. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's see if the hat's going to be good to us again all day. Man, oh man, the hat is on a roll. All right, I got something. Something here on my delicate phalanges. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow band six. Oh, what the heck that was uh, a little too long Bam, 40 seconds of awesomeness. That's right, band six, which I'm sure you'll agree, barely qualifies as music. But in it, the monkeys invent hardcore punk rock by way of the the Merry Melodies theme song, I guess it's supposed to be. And whatever, they're just messing around. And I'm sure they had hours of this kind of thing on tape. Well, it's just like what you were saying just a second ago, like the, the studio chatter, the hanging out, the having a good time. <laughs> this is exactly what that is. <laughs> like, band six is that. <laughs> yes. It's that weird inside joke, funny nonsense you do when you're in a band. Just mm-hmm. just cast it off. But for them, they record it and put it on record. Which Because they could. It's, exactly, which is awesome because they could. Because it's headquarters and un, they are in charge of the like, shit. Yeah, it's hard to get perspective on it. This is 1967. 
this is rock and roll is very still very new very uh, business very sterile yeah <laughs> they're just fucking around yeah it's fantastic and honestly as we were listening uh to to no time and to this i started thinking and i, I never thought about this before but what do you think if the monkeys were dudes who were actors and wanted to be actors instead of being in a band and just played with uh with Kirshner when he's like, this is what you do. Here's your records. This is what you put out. And I'm like, yes, sir. Yep. We'll do that. And, and, and the entire monkeys was just this, what they were intended to be from Kirshner's point of view. What would that have become? I wonder. I don't know. The Partridge family, maybe, maybe I was gonna say, maybe they'd have more hits, but wouldn't have interesting music like they do more. It might be hits. But they would have been jellies, one hundred percent. And we probably chances are we wouldn't be having this podcast or talking about. We, them. we wouldn't give a fuck about that terrible show <laughs> or the crappy music they put. The monkeys? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Forget yeah. about it. It 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 it'd be like how when you tell somebody who doesn't know anything about the monkeys, you like the monkeys. Like what the? <laughs> hey hey, were the monkeys monkeys? We'd be those people <laughs> when someone says how great they are. Paul Revere and the Raiders. That's music. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be a, I'd be a Mike Nesmith in a Danny Partridge world. <laughs> wow. Our first bumper sticker. That was one of their names, right? Yeah. Danny Partridge. Yes, Danny Bonaducci's character, yes. Yeah. Who was who who the, the pretty guy? What was his name? <laughs> David Cassidy played Keith Partridge. Keith Partridge. Yeah, see, I don't even know his name. I know it was AKA David Cassidy. AKA the pretty guy. The pretty guy. <laughs> All right. So where do we put band six in this mishmash uh, uh, of stuff? Like, you know, because I think the baseline of this is would we grab it, would we put it on? Maybe we do stick it on the end of a mixtape. We've got 40 seconds left to fill it up. Maybe, but feels weird putting it too high. But, like, would you listen to Magnolia Sims, or would you listen to this? Because <laughs> they're similar in their weirdness. Ah, see? Okay. Um, You know what? In between Diddy Diego and Whole Wide World, that's where we're going to put band six. Our new number 73 on the Randomatic Countdown. Perfect. So I got to say that the Wool Had a Mystery did not disappoint. Like, they're all pretty radical tunes. Yeah, man. <clears throat> it picked up the slack for this episode. A little bit. But hey, <laughs> it's always a good time. It really is. Well, everyone, we're going to sign off, I guess. If you guys uh, thought these should be in different spots, like, let us know where you feel Band 6, Good, Clean, Fun, and No Time should go in this countdown. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and we'll read it and say, nah. You want to write an angry letter about gonna buy me a dog and me badmouthing it? You can do that too. We can take the hit. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. Some people just really want to buy dogs more than other people. True. <laughs> all right. So, from me, Paco. And me, Jeff. Have yourselves a monkey's little evening. Thank you. Bye bye.